We're um, <clears throat> we're in a text that we've been in for a little while because um, we've kind of slowed down. We've been studying through this book of Galatians, and we made our way to uh, chapter five, verse twenty-two, where we read about the fruit of the spirit. And I felt we should take some time and just go through and think upon the fruit that we read about here. And it's in contrast to the works of the flesh. And I want you to see that again. I know um, it's actually been a couple of weeks because uh, a week ago we had a guest speaker, uh, Brother Jim Price, and enjoyed the presentation he gave us on the ministry they have of translating and distributing Bibles. The week before that was our anniversary Sunday, and we had Pastor Stastny here. So um, I'm out of practice. I don't know if I know how to do this anymore, but uh, we'll find out. But to kind of bring us back into mind of what we were considering, I'd like to start again at verse 16 and read down to verse 25. So Galatians chapter 5, and beginning at verse 16, it says, This I say then, Walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. And he gives us a whole list here. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, uh, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, um, and such like. So the list could be much longer. Uh, anything like that. That's that's what the flesh uh, produces. That's that. In other words, what is the flesh? We have to define that for a moment. The Bible speaks of that quite often. Uses this term to refer to our old nature. The, and we say old, meaning uh, when we got saved, uh, we became a new creature. The Bible says. In other words, uh, there was a change, an inward change. And I, I hope everybody understands that. That. Um, you know, religion, as we think about religion, uh, a lot of times it's simply, a, you know, an external thing in the sense that there are codes or moral standards or, you know, things you are supposed to do, things you're not supposed to do. And usually that's all going on. We, we think about them and we try to accomplish them. But it's all going on on the outside in a way. The change is, you know, coming to us from the outside and, and we're trying to make some changes if we're religious, perhaps. But when it comes to being born again, uh, to truly be saved, as the Bible speaks of it, is to have, um, uh, to be changed from the inside out. Because the Holy Spirit of God moves within us. He dwells in us. And so... Um, is there a problem? I thought this didn't sound right either. So we need volume. Well, we're, we're not even on. Yeah. That's, 
Usually, when you don't, when something's not working, see if the power's on. You know, <laughs> that's probably the first step is to find out. It's just hold that button long enough, or did we get unplugged? Aha! I see lights. All right, good. All right, so let's see. I might have to reset this now. I know that it's not a big deal in this room, although some of you may need it, but uh, we're also using this for our Facebook. Yeah, it's really low on Facebook. I just got texted. Yeah, people are complaining. Okay. Sorry about that. I think we're finally uh, wired for sound. Good. Okay. Thank you. We can hear again, right? Amen. Yeah. Good. So now i got to start all over. No, not really. Um, so, but we're talking about the difference between um, the flesh and the spirit. You see, the Bible, of course, teaches us, and we know that um, Adam and Eve, the very first people on the earth, uh, they sinned against God. They broke God's commandment to not eat of that fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And that's what most referred to as the fall. We call it the fall of man. They fell into sin. And, of course, we all are the children of Adam and Eve. We all come from Adam and Eve. And therefore, we are born with a fallen nature, a fallenness, a sinful bent. And that's why when the Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, uh, none are excluded. We, we, uh, it even speaks about we come forth out of the womb, <laughs> sinning, you know, lying. We have a, there's that nature inherent in us. And what the flesh, that fallen nature, produces is this list we just read. Fornication, adultery, uh, verse 19 has a lot of sexual type sinning. Um, Verse uh, 20 has a lot of kind of, uh, we might even call it, um, what would you call it, spiritual sinning or religious sinning. There's idolatry, witchcraft. If you look that word up, it, it comes from a word you would recognize called pharmakia. And, you know, there's, along with false worship, along with a lot of uh, sorcery, things like that, there's a lot of times drug use. If you look back through history, they would use drug-induced kind of, um, you know, to to have visions, to have revelations and things like that. They would get from from drugs. And and so there's those kind of things. And, And then it talks about just simply, you know, hatred and murder and, uh, what we might call just you know common things that men do to men and that kind of stuff. So so that's why does those things go on in the world? Why is this world so broken? Well, we know the answer. It's not because we need more education or we need you know better um, I don't know better societal rules or whatever. It's simply because for as by one man sin entered into the world. That's what it says in Romans five and death by sin. And so death has passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. So that's our condition that we're born in. But then, uh, those who receive the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, receive not only the forgiveness of sins, and we're thankful for that, amen. Uh, we receive that, we receive eternal life. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. It's a gift that God freely gives. In other words, it's not something we earn by our goodness because um, we didn't save you a seat, Thomas. Sorry. <laughs> no, we have many. Come on in, guys. Um, 
So, we, we're, when we receive Christ, we receive so much. I couldn't even begin to listen. If I tried, I would leave some things out. But we receive eternal life. We receive the forgiveness of sins. We are justified by God, declared righteous. Isn't that amazing? He is the just and the justifier. God is just in justifying sinners because of what Christ did on the cross. Because Jesus paid the price that He bore our sins. He was the sacrifice for us. And therefore, God can justify me, even though I am unrighteous. And we receive all of that, but we also receive the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit does a work upon our heart. He does a work to change us from the inside out. It's to change us into the image of, of Christ and to be more like Him. That's why we said, sang that song, Oh, to be like Thee. You know, we want to be like God. That's the longing of every true believer. As we want to be like Jesus. Now we'll never be gods. We won't be, you know, but we want to be as much like our master. That's why we're a disciple. A disciple is one who wants to follow and, and be like the master, right? And so uh, we can't we don't have the we don't have it in our ability to do that by ourselves, but the Holy Spirit makes those changes in our life. So then we come to verse 22. And the Spirit of God, what does He produce? We see what the works of the flesh are, but what is the fruit of the Spirit? Well, verse 22 says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. And He says, against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. You see, the flesh, that old man, is crucified. And he says in verse 25, If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. I don't, I'm so... We, this, this introduction is taking me longer than normal. I don't even know if we prayed. But let's, let's take a minute to pray. Lord God, thank you. And I do want to pause for prayer just because, Lord, I need help to preach your word. And we need help just now to uh, gird up the loins of our mind and focus our attentions and, Lord, put away all the distractions and, and just allow you to teach our heart and to have your way. And so please help us, Lord. And we'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. So, we have um, been looking at the fruit of the Spirit. We're, we've talked about the first three. Love, joy, and peace. Which now, of course, brings us to the fourth one, which is long-suffering. And um, I'll give you that one in just a minute. But these are the things that the Spirit of God when we walk in the Spirit, you remember back at verse 16, he said, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. In verse 25, if we live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. So he says, if you live in the Spirit, you're living by the Spirit. In other words, every believer has the Holy Spirit. That's clear in the Scriptures. There's no such thing as a, 
as a true born again saved person that doesn't have the Holy Spirit. Every child of God has the Spirit of God. But we are then to walk in. That means in the everyday movements of our life, uh, we are to operate in the power or by the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Now that's the part that's not always easy, right? Um, We're thankful that we have the Holy Spirit and we're thankful that He is doing a work on us. I remember learning the song when I was young, uh, He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. Anybody remember that song? It took Him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. But how wonderful and patient He must be. He's still working on me. And I'm thankful that He is working. But, but we need to walk in the Spirit. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5, uh, verse 18, to be filled with the Spirit. And what that means is that we are basically, if I can sum it up, it's, it's that we are controlled by the Holy Spirit. Controlled meaning that we yield ourselves to Him. We, instead of, like we learned in Sunday school, we, we read that the Israelites were stiff-necked. And Rick told us that meant stubborn. How many here are stubborn? You don't have to raise your hand. Um, would your spouse say, yes, he's stubborn? Um, and we often are. <coughs> we often are stubborn. I, I am. Uh, you know, we're, we kind of have our own things we're stubborn about, right? Uh, I'm, I'm easy to get along with these, but you hit other areas, I'm like, no, no, I'm just not doing that. Um, and we can be very stubborn. And rather than when, you know, when, the, when the Lord, the Holy Spirit within us, as He, of course, uses the Word of God, as we read the Bible, uh, the Bible, of course, confronts us. You know, the Bible's like a mirror, it says. It's like that mirror you look into when you get up in the morning and you look in the mirror and you go, whoa, wow, what happened last night? And you got some work to do, you know, uh, to fix some things. And that's the way it is when you look into the Bible every day and you go, ooh, Boy, there's some things out of place here. There's some things that i got to work on. And the Holy Spirit takes that and He convicts us and he, he wants to make those changes, those corrections. But sometimes we're stubborn and we want to persist in our own way. Uh, you know, you get up and you say, I'm not combing my hair today. I don't care what people think. <laughs> um, Alright, I won't use that illustration. But anyway, um, you know, we... All of you look very nice today, so uh, some of you don't have a whole lot of work to do, but it's, you know. Uh, anyway, but the point is, you know, the Spirit of God, we, when we walk with the Spirit, we walk in the Spirit, we are filled with the Spirit, we're, we're in step with Him, rather than doing our own path, you understand? So we, want to, we need to walk in step with the Spirit, and when we do, okay, When we do that, the natural, the automatic result is this fruit will be produced in our life. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. All of that. And by the way, we pointed this out, but the fruit is singular. When it says the fruit, it doesn't say the fruits. So this is a fruit that has many, it's multifaceted fruit. But it's all, in other words, it's, you know, when I think about that, it means that if we say, well, how do I know if I'm walking in the Spirit? Well, again, because this is the result. 
If you look at your life and you say, my life is characterized by uh, the works of the flesh and not the fruit of the Spirit, well, then there's your answer. You're walking in the flesh. But if your life is what's naturally coming out of your life, what's naturally going on in your life is, is these things that we read about of this fruit of the Spirit and the flesh has been crucified, you, those old things are put away, that's no longer in your life, they're, they're in the past because, uh, you know, I used to be a, a, a drunkard, a fornicator, or whatever, on and on, but, but I'm no longer that because God has done a work in me. And now I'm walking in the Spirit. And so, how do you know which one you're in? You know, well, if you're not saved, you only are in the flesh. That's all you have. But if you're a Christian, you have that old nature's not dead yet completely. That happens when we physically die. We carry it around. That's why Paul said, remember in Romans 7, he said, Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? He kind of uses language like we're incarcerated in this old flesh that we carry around. And it still has those old impulses, those lusts, as it says in verse 24, those affections. So which one am I operating in? Which one am I, uh, you know, which one am I walking in? Well, how do we know? You know them by their fruits. It's like I heard somebody saying about the Taliban, you know. And what's going on in Afghanistan? That's a. It is a scary thing. It's a. It's a concerning thing to me. I saw a post, and you know, there's so many posts. I don't have time to verify everything, but I saw a post somewhere that um, there was an underground church in Afghanistan that has the, all the members were killed just recently. Um, please pray for those over there. I mentioned that I was in contact with a man in the Middle East who was in contact with some missionaries in Afghanistan, and they had chosen to stay. However, uh, they're, not, they're not there because the Taliban actually came and said, you're leaving, you don't have a choice. Um, which is better than perhaps the other choice they could have done, but they, they kicked him out. So anyway, but somebody said on news once, I heard someone say, you know, about the Taliban, they're talking about negotiating with them. And that they were going to be a more friendly Taliban than they used to be, you know. <laughs> and they said, you cannot judge them by what they say. You have to judge them by their actions. And so it is with us. It's easy to say that, oh yes, I'm, I'm a believer. Yes, I love God. Yes, I'm, you know. But we know by our fruit. We know by what we do, really, where our heart is. So, if we see what's coming from our heart, and it's not perfect, you know, God is still working to perfect these things. But if there is a love and a joy and a peace and a long suffering, that comes as a result of walking in the Spirit. So, we're going to talk a little bit about long suffering today, which is um, patience, basically. And this is important. These, these fruits of the, of the Spirit are important for Christians that we want to produce this in our life. We want to see God produce this in our life. Because it really is in such contrast to the ugliness that we see in the culture around us. I mean, if you examine what's going on in the culture, and this is not really new, but it seems like today there's an, there's an expediting of, of strife. 
we certainly are not seeing love, joy, peace, patience. We're seeing the very opposite of that. And what's sad is that as Christians, sometimes we can get caught up and be swept into that stream of ugliness. And that's why it's so imperative that we walk in the Spirit. And that we demonstrate to the, this you know, world that's in this dark uh, kind of pattern right now that you know, there is a difference. Christ makes a difference in our life. And they'll say, wow, where do you get this peace? Where do you get this joy? So long-suffering. It means patience, endurance, forbearance. It's, it's the Greek word... Uh, macrothemia, which macro, you might understand, means long, uh, big. But long, and thumia is the word for passion. There's a long fuse on your passions. You know, you know people that are short-fused? They blow up in a minute, you know? But patience is the opposite of that. They don't react immediately. So we're to be long-suffering. Now the best way to define this is, of course, to look at God. Because this is you know, the Spirit of God doing the work to conform us to become more like our Savior. And it's, these attributes are, of course, uh, perfected in the Lord. God is love. You want to understand what love is, you see how God loves you'll understand really what love is. The world has a warped idea of love. But you read what God, how God loves, and you, you'll begin to understand what true love is. Uh, Jesus, of course, is the Prince of Peace. I guess I skipped joy. Joy is in the Lord, too. In the presence of the, of the Lord is the fullness of joy. So all of these attributes of this fruit, uh, really, uh, our example is God, and God is certainly patient. I did not coordinate with Brother Rick and the Sunday school lesson, but as when, he, when I saw where they were going in Sunday school, I was like, huh, that's right where I'm headed. Uh, Exodus chapter 34. We, we finished Sunday school right here. The Lord was explaining to the children of Israel and Moses who He is. He wanted to reveal Himself to them. And He says in chapter 34, verse 6, And the Lord passed by before Him, him being Moses, and proclaimed, here's what his revelation about himself is, the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, and on and on. But you see, the Lord is long-suffering. Now, his patience is not Forever, there, there is a, a limit. Um, you know, there is time when judgment comes. But God is, if you know the Lord, you know He is very patient. And if you read about the stiff-necked people in the Bible, and you'll see how God was so patient with them. Because in, that's why even in our Sunday school lesson, He talked about, I, I can't dwell with you because I am holy and you are so unholy that I would have to consume you. So in His mercy, He... he stepped outside the camp. And that was an act of mercy. 
But God is so patient, long-suffering. In the prophet Isaiah, we read a little in Isaiah in Sunday school as well, but not this verse. It says in chapter 30, verse 8, Isaiah is speaking to the children of Israel, the nation of Israel, and he says, "Go uh, Now go, write it before them in a table. They always wrote on tables back then. Kids don't write on the table. <laughs> That's a different kind of table. Sorry. Um, I don't know why. I read things and my mind starts <laughs> saying silly things. He says, go write and uh, note it in a book that it may be for the time to come forever and ever. So he says, I want you to write this down. Let's get it recorded. And he says this in verse 9, that this is a rebellious people, lying children, children that will not hear the law of the Lord, which say to the seer, those were that was an old name for the prophets, see not, and to the prophets, prophesy not unto us right things. Speak unto us smooth things, Prophesy deceit. God says, you, you're telling, you know, prophets, don't, don't, we don't want to hear that true stuff. Just tell us what we like to hear. You know, tell us the really nice things. We don't want to hear the hard things. And uh, verse 11 says, Get you out of the way, turn aside out of the path, cause the Holy One of Israel to cease from before us. That's what they said to the prophets. Go on, get out of here. Uh, we don't want to hear about God. Now, when you read that, what would you expect God's response to be? If you were God, what would your response be? Well, listen to what Isaiah says. He goes on to say, and therefore, and therefore will I, no, let me read it right. And therefore will the Lord wait that he may be gracious unto you. Isn't that amazing? God says, you're so rebellious and you don't want to hear truth and you, you've Thrust me away, and so I'm just going to wait. Because I want to be gracious to you. Right now, you're worthy of a spanking, you know, but I'm going to, I'm going to wait. I'm going to count to ten, and hopefully you'll straighten out. God is very patient. Jonah was told to go to Nineveh and preach to them to, return, to turn to the Lord and and Jonah didn't want to go, and he, you know, he got into a whale of trouble because of that. And he finally goes, and he preaches, and they, um, they do repent. And Jonah wasn't happy about it. Can you imagine that? It's always been incredible to me. Like, if I preach and you respond in a good way, I think I'm gonna, I should be happy. But Jonah wasn't happy. And listen to what Jonah says in chapter 4 and verse 2. It says, And he prayed unto the Lord and said, I... Uh, said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Therefore I fled before to Tarshish. He said, I, you know, I told you, Lord, I didn't want to go because I know. He says, for I knew that thou art a gracious God and merciful and slow to anger and of great kindness and repentest thee of evil. And so he said, I knew you'd be patient with those Ninevites and I don't like the Ninevites. I'd rather you didn't be patient with them. That was Jonah. Let me read you one out of the New Testament and I'll move on. But the Lord says in uh, 2 Peter chapter 3, when it comes to his... Peter's talking about the return of the Lord and why 
uh, some mock and say, you know, these, these preachers have been saying Jesus is coming back for years and thousands of years and he's, he's not coming. I mean, he hasn't come. And so they mock that and there's people doing that today. But I can tell you, my friends, on the authority of the Bible, Jesus is coming. And we need to be ready. But Peter says this, he says, you don't even understand that a day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is a day. You know, we think it's a long time, but God, to God it's just a couple days. And then he says this in verse 9, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And so we find, really, when we want to understand what patience and long-suffering really is, we see it in the Lord. That's where we get our best example. If we want to measure ourselves and say, am I a patient person? Well, just say, am I as patient as God? We all know the answer to that. So the attribute of patience. Let me let me move to the second thing about the advancement of patience. So it's God who sows the seed and grows the plant, but how do we experience this growth? How do we get patience? How do we learn patience? You've all heard preachers probably joke about, you know, never pray for patience. <laughs> because the, way, the Bible talks about how you get patience. Turn, turn to James chapter 1 I'll show you. James chapter 1, you probably know this. You say, well, wait a minute, why shouldn't we pray for patience? That sounds like a good thing. Well, because patience usually comes as a result of trials. God's method in verse chapter 1, verse, we'll start verse 1. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting... And then he says this, because he knows these people are uh, in, in trials and tribulations, and so he begins right away, he gets right after this short greeting, he says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptations, meaning different types of trials. Knowing this, why do we count it joy? Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But patience... Or, but let patience have her perfect work, that she may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. So he says, when you come into trials, temptations, tribulations, afflictions, rejoice. Because you get to learn some patience. <laughs> and patience is important. So God works most of the time. Patience is not learned in the deck chair, you know, reading a book. It's usually learned through the trials of life. Now, trials in and of themselves don't automatically produce patience. You notice he says it's the trying of your faith. Because sometimes when we go through trials, it can produce the opposite of patience, right? <laughs> but if we're walking by faith, we do, we exercise that faith muscle and it gets stronger in patience and endurance. 
and we all need it. I, I was thinking about how um, I'm reminded too often of my great need for God to work in my life in this way. Um, last night, sometimes I usually am a pretty sound sleeper. I sleep really, I, compared to my wife, I sleep very sound. Um, but it, sometimes on Saturday night, I don't know, I guess I'm kind of worked up and my mind so filled up with stuff and then I don't sleep as good sometimes. And so last night I was lying awake in bed and I was thinking, oh, why can't I sleep? And then, and then just as I was starting to finally get some sleep about like 4.30, um, I slept a little before that, but, but all of a sudden I heard the bear in the garbage can. And we have these locking garbage cans and up until now, they've not been able to open it. But I usually don't let them out there a long time and keep trying, so I go chase them off. So I went out to the window and I said, hey, I always have the conversation with the bear, you know, uh, hey, get out of here. And they always look at me like, like, what are you going to do? <laughs> and they just keep, you know, they don't, they just ignore me. And then I looked and he had the can open and I said, how did you get that open? <laughs> and he still didn't answer me. So I actually opened the door and I went out and I, I pretended I was going to throw something at him and he did run off a little bit and I went out and picked the can up. He was standing just over there. But Anyway, the, the locking thing was busted. It's like, ah. So I go back to bed and here he is, boom, boom, rum, you know, rolling the can around and everything. And I thought, well, I'm just going to let him. What can I do? You know, I'm, I'm not going to go out there and fight him. So I let him keep me awake for another hour. And I'm thinking, Lord, there's got to be, a, you know, a reason, purpose for this. <laughs> and I don't know what the purpose is. Secure your garbage better or something. I don't know. But, <laughs> but you know, the way the Lord's, uh, the way the Lord works is mysterious. And so often we go through, and you say, well, that's not a trial. I mean, yeah, okay, the bear kept you up. But that's really not, compared to trials, that's not such a big trial. But, but even in those little times where you're, you can become very impatient. Um, you know, I don't know all of the reasons and whys and wherefores of how God works. But God brings us through all of these things in life. And if we are in tune with Him, if we are exercising our faith, it really can develop such a, a great patience in our life. It can. I think some of you know what that means because you've had it happen in your life. Because that experience knows that even though I, you know, when it comes to trial, and forget about the bear, but you know, when it, when it comes to real trials of life, let's, let's take COVID, for example. Um, you know, we all throw our hands up and we shake our heads and we get frustrated and we wonder why in the world is this going on and how does it keep going on and, and it's been too long and we're all tired of it and everything and the, you know, the mask on, the mask off, all these things. And I'm just whining for you, I'll, I'll, you know, because I know it's what we're all thinking, right? We, we, we don't like it, and, and, but yet we all have to, you know, how are we going to go through this and have love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness? How do we do that? Well, we do it by faith. We've got to remind ourselves that even in all of this, God is in charge. God is still on the throne, and, and you know, 
I don't know all the purposes of God, what he's doing, but it could be that God even is, you know, stirring up Bonnie Henry and the government to do these things to teach us some patience, you know, perhaps. I don't know. I'm just saying, when you go through this, are you going to let it become uh, something that's going to make you more impatient, or is it going to become something that you'll say, Lord, help me to be more like Jesus. Help me just to trust you and focus on you, not focus on everything else. Margaret Thatcher said one time, I'm extraordinarily patient, provided I get my way in the end. (laughs) And most of us are kind of like that, right? Someone said, patience is a virtue. Possess it if you can. Found seldom in a woman and never in a man. (laughs) Well, we get patience many times through trials. Paul said the same thing in Romans 5. He said, we glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. We need to wrap it up. Turn please to Matthew chapter 18. And we'll close. Matthew chapter 18. We thought about the attribute of patience, what it looks like. The, uh, what I call it? The advancement of patience. How do we see it produced in our life? And then thirdly, I just want to quickly, I'll read a text and we'll be done, the appearance. What does it really look like? Well, we know it looks like what God does. And so in Matthew chapter 18, I'm going to begin to read at verse 21. It says, and I'll read a little bit of a lengthy text, but I don't need to make much comment. I think it'll be very clear. He says, Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times? Jesus saith unto him, I say, uh, not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him, which owed him ten thousand talents. But forasmuch as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold, and his wife and his children and all that he had, and payment to be made. That's pretty severe. But, in verse 26, the servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay thee. And then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion, and loosed him and forgave him the debt. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence, And he laid his hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me that thou owest. And his fellow servant fell down on his face and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry and came and told unto their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after that he had called him and said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt 
because thou desirest me. Shouldest not thou also have compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? If God's been so patient with us, should we not be more patient with one another? The Spirit of God produces this fruit. It comes as we exercise faith, as we walk with Him, as we yield to Him. And part of that fruit is patience. Let's stand and we'll close.